0: How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Everybody doing okay? Let me, let's do it again. How are you, you doing? I'm doing all right. My name is Bill Reeser, and I'm the pastor of Encounter, where hope can be found. I want to welcome everyone out to the greatest place to be. On night. You know, you sound like it's July. I mean, this is not the rigor mortis cafe. I mean, come on, people, now. It's Friday night. Okay? It is the greatest place to be. And I want to welcome everyone here in the Father's House. I want to welcome those that watch around the country online. we got people from all over the country. Thank you for joining us on our live uh, Facebook page. And uh, we're just just so grateful that you joined us. This talk that I'm going to do tonight, we're going to get right into it. A lot of people, there isn't a day that passes by when someone will always come up to me and says, Bill, what is encounter? What do you guys do? And I'll always talk about, well, let me tell you about our 12 anchors. Let me tell you about our, our four pillars that this ministry is built on. And what I really want to talk to you about tonight is about the encounter studies that we're going to be launching in a few weeks. And uh, if, you're with, if you've been with us the past few weeks, we, we announced that we're going to push them out a couple of weeks because we're going, to, we're going to teach each encounter of hope on a Friday night. And then you're going to have a lesson plan that you're going to do with a group of people that you're going to study with to go deeper. I mean way deeper. It's gonna be a 12-week study that's gonna change your life. So what I've been working on is just the encounter work, all the scriptures, all the questions, uh, everything that God w- wants us to put in this 12-week study that's gonna impact your life. To be honest with you, I've been working on it for the past 10 years. And it's finally time that we put it down on paper. And it's everything that I've learned and it's everything that I've learned, you know, what not to do. I've taken out all the stuff in discipleship and recovery that's secular. I've taken out all the stuff that's, that's redundant. And, we, and we've asked God to just show us the most simplistic, the most, the most powerful, the most effective 12-week study that this entire curriculum of encounter is built on so that people can go through it and be transformed. And so I want to talk to you about what that is. So tonight as I'm talking to you, uh, a lot of the stuff that, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm going to be sharing with you, actually my wife Carolyn uh, has been writing as well too. She won't tell you, but she's a great writer. And, uh, and so a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you tonight is stuff that's going to be in the Encounter Study and, and he, So when you get that packet, when you, when you get that work, here's what it's going to look like. It is a written curriculum and a study designed to allow participants to go through a 12-week encounter with God. It's based on biblical principles and scriptures, and it's going to help you focus on the truth of who God is and who God says we can be in Christ. I mean, it really is going to be a study that you're going to realize that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. We are who he says we are, and we can do what he says we can do. And those truths found in God's word can be applied to our lives, and they're going to give us hope. Because you can't go without hope, as Mandy was talking about. Hope, you lose hope, you're in bad shape. And a lot of things you can go around with and, and go without, but you can't go without hope. And so God wants, to know, God wants us to know him. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And it's amazing that the grace of God reveals his love and plan for us through his word. And he does give us a guide. This book is a guide. But it's amazing to me how we live in a society where people, we live in an epidemic where people are not in this book anymore. We've made church too easy. We've made communicators too good. Everyone gets their sermon fixed. Oh, did you hear so-and-so preach? Yeah, but what are you reading and applying for yourself? And you've got to get this book for yourself. And this encounter study is going to help you get this book and help you change your life. But we have to read it. We have to believe it. We have to know it. We have to live it out in order for it to impact our lives in a significant way. It's, you see, it's knowing God and experiencing his presence that we can truly encounter him. I've had a lot of crazy encounters in my life with a lot of people My encounter with God, my encounter with the Holy Spirit, my encounter with Jesus, my encounter with the Father has transformed my life. And friends, I'm here to tell you it wasn't a one-time deal. That encounter with God is something God wants you to have with him each and every day. My prayer is that when you walk into encounter every Friday night that you would experience his presence, that you would know God, that you would know God is with you. You see, we need to know And God wants us to know that we can know the Father, we can know Jesus, and we can know the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us when we accept his Son. An encounter with God does not have to be that one-time experience. This is what a relationship looks like, a daily, moment-by-moment, day-by-day encounter with the King of kings and the Lord of lords who who loves you. And we hope to point you to scriptures, and we will, and biblical truth in this study that will help you live a surrendered life to God. A life that honors Him. A life that relies on the faithfulness of God to help you every single day of your life. And I want to invite you, no matter where you are around the country, and I want, you, I want to invite you and compel you to get into an encounter study group. And we're going to be launching. You're going to hear a lot more specifics about that in the next two weeks as well, too. And this is where hope can be found. This is where you're gonna find hope. The mission of Encounter is to help hurting and broken people overcome life's adversities so that they can discover a free, devoted life to Jesus Christ. An Encounter Study is for anyone and everyone who wants to discover true freedom and experience genuine joy and purpose in life. It truly is a study and a ministry that everyone should do. The Encounter Study is built on four pillars. You always hear me talk about these pillars. And I always tell you, it's built on discipleship, recovery, evangelism, and what's the last one? Community. But I never really take the time to explain what the four pillars are, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them tonight. And the first one is discipleship. You see, we believe that knowing the truth of who God is and being trained and taught His Word and His principles can and will help us to really follow Him. See, disciples follow their leader. And we really only have one leader in this life. And it's Jesus Christ. Disciples, disciple teaches us to follow God as our leader, to make Jesus Christ our Lord, and to rely on the Holy Spirit every day to live this thing called life out. Now listen, discipleship is important. There are good recovery programs, but they don't have a discipleship component. There are really good discipleship programs, but they haven't haven't got a clue to how to get people unstuck and how to help them recover in life. And any scripture associated with freedom that Jesus talked about or the Apostle Paul talked about, any scripture that is associated with you walking the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for always points back to discipleship. Discipleship, as Pastor Marty says, is becoming more like Jesus today than you were yesterday. Discipleship is having wisdom from God. Discipleship is knowing God's word and living God's word out. I was telling the guys at the rescue mission that the most successful people I know in the world, the most successful people I know in the world are the ones that walk around with godly wisdom, are the ones that know how to make decisions that God imparts into them, are the ones who can hear the voice of God, are the ones who, can, are the ones who don't do anything until God tells them to do something. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is, is, is to become a disciple. It's to love God so much that, you're, that, you're, that, you're, that you don't ever want to let him down ever again. That's what the fear of God is. It's loving Jesus back because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so discipleship is living out God's commands. And let me, let me just break that down for you because... Most of us really, really don't have a concept of why we need to do that. And that's why every single person in here really needs to have the book of Romans, the book of 1 John, the book of Matthew embedded into your system, the book of Ephesians. You need to know what these books say. You need to read them every day. It's a a, a hard thing to do every day, but you you should know the New Testament. See, when I read the New Testament, What I read over and over again, that no one is gonna enter the kingdom of heaven but those who do the will of the Father. Now you're saying, but Bill, doesn't that sound like works? No. You see, works is the evidence that you're saved by grace. And because you're saved by grace and not by works, you do works because you're grateful of the grace that saved you. And if you don't do works, because you're grateful for the grace that saved you, then you've missed God's grace and you may not be saved in the first place. Let me break it down for you. Go to the book of Ephesians. book of Ephesians says this. Well, let's go to Matthew first. This is Jesus speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. It sounds like a works message, right? Right? Look what it says in Ephesians. Okay, Ephesians 2 says this. It is, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God not by works so that no one can boast. But watch the next verse, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you're if you're doing good things for God because you think it's gonna, it, it, God's going to love you more or it's going to help you get into heaven, you're following the law and you're not being led by the Spirit. And that's not the way God wants us to live. If you're led by the Spirit and you've accepted Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit to live inside of you to guide you into truth, to live that truth out, and to, and to make God's word the authority over your life, and you spend the rest of your life trying to love Jesus back by following his commands, out of gratitude, that's grace. But the more you know you've been saved by grace, the more works you'll do. Because that's the evidence that you know that you've been saved. See, this is discipleship. See, discipleship is really learning how to love again. See, you have no capacity to love another person the way God intended you to love another person until you first receive the love that God has for you that can only come through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You can never love until you've been forgiven. You can never be forgiven until you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you have no capacity to forgive, love, or live at peace in your relationships with others until you start at the place where love was created, and that's through God. God not only created love, God not only invented the idea of love, God is love. Discipleship is learning how to love God. It's learning to receive the love that God has for you. It's learning how to love yourself in a healthy way, and it's learning how to love others in healthy ways. That's what discipleship is. And so, encounter is built on the pillar of discipleship, it's also built on a pillar of recovery. I got to get through this, okay? Uh, we all, listen, I was just talking to a good friend of mine, Chris, back in Louisville. I, I, I shared with him, I said, I believe that 99.9% of the world lives in denial. I really believe that. I believe that 99.9% of people in church live in denial. There's this thing about people in church that believe that they don't have problems. The problem is we're all broken. We were born into a broken world where nothing works right. The weather, the government, our relationships, our body, nothing works right. And all of us need to recover. All of us need relational recovery, physical recovery, financial recovery, spiritual recovery, all of us are broken and need to recover how something or someone has impacted or still impacts our lives. Friends, we cannot change the past or what's been done to us or what we have done to others, but we can, we can learn healthier ways of coping with the pain in our lives. We can be healed of the pain in our lives. We can surrender our pain to God's loving controller and allow him to transform us and renew our minds. To the truth of his love and his word. Listen, as a pastor, I've dealt with people walking around with pain for 20, 30, 50, 60 years, believing the lie that time is going to make things better when time only makes things worse. Unhealed, unresolved, unreconciled pain in our lives grows inside of us like an emotional cancer. It's like a sitting volcano. And when that thing erupts, there are casualties. And typically others pay the price for your pain if you don't allow God to heal it, recycle it, and make you a trophy of his grace. All of us need recovery. All of us need to get well. And the encounter study and the encounter ministry is basically for anyone who wants to get over a broken world. Because the two root problems of anyone's issues are our unreconciled relationships with God and our unreconciled relationships with other people. You get those two things down, you get those fixed and healed, it's amazing how life becomes more clear and focused and how you can live the abundant life that God died for. Recovery is huge. I'm not ashamed to say that this is a recovery program in addition to being a discipleship evangelism community. Okay, I I believe that God has given encounter a vision to change what recovery looks like. I believe that that God has given a vision to encounter and an anointing at encounter to break every chain for every issue, for every person that's ever been hurt in this life. Anything that you've ever gone through, God has the power to break those chains. He can, He will. And you're the only person holding it up. But you have to choose and make the decision to get well. i got to move. Evangelism. My wife writes pretty good. This is my wife's stuff, by the way. This is pretty good stuff. Evangelism. It's the third pillar of encounter. Part of the beauty of knowing God and experiencing His grace is that we get to share eternal hope with others. In fact, we are commanded to go out and tell others about the amazing grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So listen, God tells us not to go out and so much witness to people. God, you know, the last commandment that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew 28 before he he ascended into heaven, and I love this. He said, go out and make rock stars. No. He said, go out and make converts. No, he didn't say that. Go out. He said, go out and make what? Make disciples. Make disciples. Matthew 28. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. And teaching them to obey Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. You know, one of the ways that you can assure that God's always with you is go out and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is baptizing someone in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit after they've accepted Jesus Christ and teaching them to obey all his commands. That's discipleship. But that's evangelism and we're commanded that's not a church initiative that's your command you're supposed to live out the great commission that's why my life my life verses from acts 20:24. 20, but my life is worth nothing to me until i finish the work assigned to me by the lord jesus the work of telling others about the wonderful grace of god you see grace opens up the door for truth grace without truth sentimentalism that's what a lot of churches do Truth without grace, legalism. See, grace opens up the door for truth. That's how Jesus did ministry. That's how Encounter does ministry. Grace opens up the door for truth. Grace and truth, power of God that leads people to salvation. Grace and truth is something that you're commanded to do. You have to go out. You have to love on people until they ask why. When they ask why, you are to be prepared to give an account of the hope that you now live for with the hope of inviting them into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, teaching them to apply everything that he wrote in this book over their lives so that they can live the abundant life. The best life that you'll ever have is a life that knows this book inside out. Listen, my job is to prepare you for eternity. The Bible says in the book of James that our, if you get to live a 100 years, it says, but our life is just a vapor. So Myra's probably going to live to be about 130 years because she's just healthy, okay? Yeah, they don't know you. But the Bible says this is how long your life is going to be. That's it. That's how long Myra's going to live on this earth. But in that vapor, we're to know the God of the universe. We're to live for him. We're to follow his commands because he has forgiven us. He has loved us first. He has given us so much. He's given us eternal life. He's forgiven us of our sins. A question that you always need to ponder is where am I going to spend eternity? and what am I going to do? You can get those questions settled coming to a ministry like this, by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to share the love of God to others. You'll never lock eyes with someone else that Christ hasn't died for. And you may be the only Bible that someone will ever read. And you always, always need to be prepared to share the hope that you have. I got to move. I'm running out of time. The last pillar is community. We know that we need others in life to help us and encourage us. We get better together. Even Moses needed Aaron and her to hold up his arms when he was weak. Everybody gets weak. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs someone to come alongside them. If you study scriptures, everyone had someone come alongside of them. There would have never been an apostle Paul without a Barnabas. Even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and his Father to accomplish what he did on planet, on planet Earth. He couldn't do it alone. He needed to be led by the Spirit. He needed to hear from his Father We need other people. We get better together. I mean, Batman had Robin. It's important Batman's in the Bible. It's important. We need other people because, listen, the enemy of community is isolation. Sometimes the worst thing that we could ever do is isolate ourselves. We think nobody cares. Nobody will understand if I tell you who I really am and you reject me, then I'm all I've got. I'm just going to go through this thing alone. And, you know, James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another, pray for each other so that you may be healed. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, you know, a a person standing alone can be easily defeated. Two is better than one, but a triple-braided cord cannot easily be broken. You know what's amazing about a triple-braided cord? is that when you intertwine the three cords, the more you pull on each end, the tighter that knot gets. It's a great example of life, because life pulls at us. But with Jesus Christ living inside of us, in community with others, no matter matter how hard life pulls at us, the tighter that knot's going to get when you have other people in your life. We call them Me Too people. And we all need to meet two people in our lives. And so, encounter is built on the pillars of discipleship, of recovery, of evangelism, and community. It's so important. And we're building a, a grace filled community. Now, all throughout this encounter study, you're going to experience how the four pillars of, of encounter. Are God's design and roadmap for you to experience change, healing, transformation, and purpose in your life. The Encounter 12-week study centers around the 12 anchors of hope. Everyone should have the 12 anchors of hope. Make sure you get a bookmark before you leave. We have them. They're on our app. Download our app. Go to the app store. Hit search Encounter Hope. Look for the anchor in our 12 anchors of hope. It's on our website and the 12-week study centers around these anchors. You'll do an in-depth study of each anchor. You'll study the lesson plans. You'll journal, yes, you will journal your answers. You'll wait on God and you'll let him reveal to you what you study, how how it can be applied to your life. Let me give you a quick example of how you do that. You're going to read a lot of scripture, but you're not just going to read it like other study programs like other step programs. For every scripture that you read, you're gonna stop and you're gonna ask God three questions. And you're gonna say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? And how can I apply this to my life? And most of your questions are gonna get answered by you waiting on God and hearing the voice of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You know, if you did that for every scripture you've ever read for the rest of your life, it's amazing how you will hear the voice of God and how the voice of God will lead you. Romans eight fourteen 14 says, those that are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. That's it. You will be changed. You will be encouraged. You will grow. You will get healed. You will be set free. You will find hope. You'll have the opportunity to let the Holy Spirit take your hand, empower you, speak to you, give you peace, guide you into God's truth, and remind you that you are never alone. You have the opportunity to go all in with this study with a God that has gone, that has gone all in for you. It'll be a decision that you'll never regret. So, I'm just going to read to you the 12 anchors of hope because I I don't want you to just read these, these anchors. I want you to live these anchors out. These anchors will change your life. I believe that these anchors are the pathway that God always intended for people who really want freedom and live the abundant life that he died for, that he wanted these anchors taught for a long, long time. And I believe, that this is what, I believe that this is what makes us unique and different from any other ministry, church, or program. The first anchor is make the decision to get well from my problems and brokenness and admit that I do a terrible job at playing God. John 5, a man who was there who had been sick for 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that the man had been sick for such a long time. So he asked him, sir, do you want to get well? That's the million dollar question. Do you want to get well? And there is an area of our lives that all of us need to get well from. Two, believe that God's love and power can restore hope and healing. God's love and power can restore hope and healing. So this anchor is basically the faith, hope, and love anchor. 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of love and a sound mind. You see, we get so upset when we suffer. But suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And this hope does not disappoint, as the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans 5. You've got to go down that pathway. Because God's producing character, and that character will produce hope. You can't live a day without that hope. But if you want hope and li- you want to live out hope and you want to experience hope, you've got to go to God's school of character development, which means you've got to go through some of the pain in your life. You've got to face your pain instead of running from your pain, you've got to face your pain instead of trying to numb your pain. And you've got to face your pain and go through your pain so that you can get over your pain and have God recycle it and make you a trophy of his grace. That's how it works. Three, respond to the love of God by surrendering my life and will to Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're not asking people to accept Christ. Many people do that without repentance, and I don't believe they've had a real salvation experience. You, you get a salvation experience when you make Jesus the Lord, not just the Savior of your life. And you don't do that by accepting him. You do that by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, turning from your sins, and trusting in him and him alone for the forgiveness of your sins the free gift of eternal life and you decide to live the rest of your life for him making him the CEO of your life that's it number 4 realize who i am in christ and reject the lie that i am my character defects and sins second corinthians 5:17 anyone who belongs to christ is a new person the past is forgotten and everything is new listen if you don't know your identity you won't know what your purpose is. You don't know what your purpose is, you won't know where you're headed. If you know who you are in Christ, you'll know what your purpose is and you know where you're headed. You don't have to be a Christian that will spend an entire lifetime trying to become somebody you already are. You're accepted, secure, significant. You are somebody. You're a king's kid. You're part of a royal family and your father in heaven is bunkers about you. That's who you are. Number five, get honest about my past so I can discover God's best version of me. You got to get honest about your past. So you can discover. You got dis- to f- listen. It took you guys a long time to get as screwed up as you are. You got to figure out how you became the person you are today so you can become God's best version of you tomorrow. You got to backtrack some events. You got to face them and maybe some things you've suppressed all your life because you never wanted to deal with that pain again. But God's a healer. Let's never forget that he's he's the great physician. If God wants you to face something, it means that he wants to heal you of it once and for all. Number six, allow God to make the transformational changes he wants to make in my life and stop trying to make them on my own. Listen, you really stink at trying to make changes. I do too. I stink at it. I can't make changes in my life, but God can. And that's how God works. God says, you're not going to change. I can only change you. Your job is just to renew your mind to the truth of my word and live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll change you. You see, good fruit is an inside job. Faithfulness, goodness, self-control, patience, all, these, all, all the fruits of the Spirit is an inside job of the Holy Spirit. And so Romans 12:1 and 2 is God's recipe for transformation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Seven, anchor seven. Close my accounts with other people by forgiving them and willing to make amends by becoming a peacemaker. You choose the freedom of forgiveness and you move out of the bondage of bitterness. Colossians 3, 13, 15. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Eight. Anchor eight. Allow God's Word to become the authority over my life. Not a bestseller. Not a book that I glance over. In the beginning, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And friends, the Word is God. And when you turn the pages of this book, you're turning, basically brushing the hair of Jesus. And you're having an encounter with the one who loves you first and the one who loves you more than you could ever love yourself or anyone else. And God's love is revealed to you in this book. And his love is especially revealed to you when you make this book the authority over your life. It is God's love letter to me and you. 2 Timothy 3:16. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Nine, commit to a daily prayer life so my relationship with the Father grows. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you're part of a program that doesn't teach you how to pray, they don't care for you. We're going to teach you how to pray. We're going to teach you how to experience being in the presence of your Father. Prayer is not only talking to God, it's waiting on God. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Prayer is is, is, is praying for others. Prayer is not saying anything at all. Prayer is being in God's presence because you'll never get his presence until you be in his presence. And it's experience, prayer is how you enhance the gift of having a relationship. You know, if you have a relationship with someone else and you never speak to them, would you, can you call that a relationship? No. You know the good news about Jesus is if you haven't spoken to him in a while, he doesn't lay guilt trips on you. He's just happy to hear from you. And he wants to hear from you each and every day. A lot of prayer, a lot of power. A little prayer, a little power. Prayer changes everything. We believe in the power of prayer here at Encounter. So much so that anchor 10 is get dressed daily for battle by putting on God's armor and taking our thoughts captive. We're going to teach you how to, put on, to get dressed for battle because many of us go outside of our houses and it's ugly. We walk out of our houses in, into these neighborhoods naked and it's ugly. But it's ugly because the enemy has a heyday on us because we don't get dressed for battle by putting on the armor of God. We're going to teach you how to put on God's armor in this study. We're going to teach you how to take thoughts captive. Listen, behind every self-defeating thing that you'll ever do is a lie that you believe, and the antidote for defeating the lies, the flaming arrows, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is to combat it with the truth of God's word, so you've got to know God's word to take your thoughts captive, because you need to take your thoughts captive to something, and that something is God's word, and that's where you'll have victory, because that's God's roadmap to victory of how to fight the self-defeating thoughts and temptations in your life. you got to learn the spiritual discipline of taking your thoughts captive to know which voice is from the enemy, which voice is from yourself, which voice is is from the world, and which voice is from God. Because there are competing voices that, that are knocking on the front door of your mind every day. 11, trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. John 14, 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. Unless I go, the Holy Spirit won't come. When the counselor comes, he will not only be with you, he will be in you. He will guide you into truth. He will make God's word plain to you. He will show you what I mean with what I said and how to live it out. anchor 12 live out and share the hope that i now have 1 peter 3:15 always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have it's the jesus model of leadership come and see come and die die to yourself which means come and follow and go and tell. Come and see what grace is all about. Come and see what joy is all about. Come and see what being forgiven is all about. Come and see what eternal life is all about. Come and see what real recovery is all about. Come experience what the real God, the true God is all about. Come experience what freedom is all about. Now that you've seen and tasted that I'm good, follow me. Following is hard. It means you gotta die to yourself, you gotta pick up your cross. You gotta deny yourself each and every day. You gotta die to yourself and let Jesus Christ be resurrected in and through you. You gotta live for him. And once you do that, and you follow him, third one is, is what you spend the rest of your life doing. Go and tell. Always be prepared to give it a hope, to give an account of the hope that you now live for. Notice that it says don't always be prepared to give an account of who God is. It says no. Give an account of the hope that you now have. This is where I have hope. Because the world is is just full of skeptics if I went out talked to a stranger about stuff in this book they'd walk away from me but when someone approaches me and says why do you have joy I can tell them because Christ lives in me and that love captured me one day and that love changed me and healed me and that love made me new and I live for that love each and every day And because of that love, I'll never be the same. Because of that love, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was destined to hell, but now I have an eternal home in heaven. I once was bitter, but now I'm better. All because of who lives inside of me. And nobody can argue with your testimony of what's in your heart. And that's why we got to come and see, come and die, go and tell. Those are the 12 anchors of hope. That's the encounter study. Let's worship.